Randy here once again to crack an egg of knowledge. Summer is upon us and that means it's time for fancy beach cocktails like mojitos, cosmos, sangrias, mint juleps, margaritas, and daiquiris. It's just like sex in the city. And the best part, Riverside Wine and Spirits has everything you need for those tasty treats. They also have a ton of great beer to choose from that comes in growlers, six packs, 12 packs, cases, and my favorite, kegs. So, go have a badass summer and party on with Riverside Wine and Spirits. Hey guys, here we are again for another episode of the Brew Chat Podcast, and I'm Tanner, one third of the assholes here at Brew Chat, and this week we are coming to you live from Chattanooga Brewing Company, and unfortunately, Alan and Jared had to sit this episode out, but that's okay. In their stead, I've got Carlos from Chattanooga Eats joining us. He also does Chattahooligan Live. We talk about that a little bit. And then we've got Wes Watson joining us from the brewing company itself. We, you know, we get down to some nitty-gritty on the CFC, the Chattahooligans, Chattahooligan Live. And we talk about how soccer's grown in Chattanooga and all that good stuff. But we've also got Wes here, you know, like I said, from the brewing company. And he brings with him some of their Chattahooligan lager, their dark lager. And my new personal favorite, which I hadn't had until today or, you know, when we recorded this, but uh, the Bitter Wheat Symphony. I believe that was an IPA, if I remember correctly, but it was delicious. It was so tasty. Loved it. Uh, but yeah, this episode is a little shorter than usual. You know, we, you know, we were running a little tight on time, but uh, it's still a solid episode. I'm excited. Go listen to it. You're about to. Here's episode 71 of the Brew Chat Podcast. We are down here at Chattanooga Brewing Company at the uh, Chat Brew, doing the brew chat, as you said earlier, Carlos. We're here with Carlos and Wes of Chattanooga Brewing Company. Carlos is with CFC Underground, and uh, yeah, having a good time down here to drink some beers in the middle of the day, which is always fun. Always fun. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, so the Chattahooligan Lager just debuted. That's something that's brewed every year for, I don't know, I guess past two years. Yes, so the Chattahooligan Lager is uh, something that's uh, it's actually part of a sponsorship with the CFC team. Um, Originally, Big River had been brewing this, but when we opened up here in the summer of 2014, it was something that none of us knew were coming. Being right next to the stadium, uh, funny enough, we all were thinking, come UTC football season, Saturdays are going to be the big sporting events for us. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be like the, the bread and butter of sporting events. And then, uh, you know, CFC season happened. And since we had just opened and, you know, the, the, the Chattahooligans, they tailgate. But um, there, there's still people who come down for the game uh, and just, you know, need a place to get a beer, get a bite to eat before the game. Um, and we were right there. So a lot of people started coming in before the game and we really recognized the popularity uh, right off the bat. But also the, uh, the True Blue Chattahooligans, um, they noticed, hey, there's a brewery right next to the stadium. So 
um, as as the season went on, more and more people kept coming into the brewery after the game, uh, you know, for a beer, a little bite to eat, just something to, or you know, just just to hang out and and just 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 kind of chill for a minute after the game. Um, and after that first year, we we just we gelled so well with the Chattahooligans, and um, especially Galen Riley, Andrew Breezy, um, George, and uh, some of the other guys, but also Tim Kelly. Mm-hmm. And they approached us at one point and said, like, how would you guys like to be um, the makers of Chattahooligan Lager, be the sponsor? And uh, that took about all of two seconds to think about and say yes. Mm-hmm. So um, we're in, we're incredibly happy and proud to be a part of that. Um, you know that sponsorship. We donate a large portion of the Chattahooligan Lager to the stadium, and the sales from the beer go to help the team. So um, uh, another thing that's cool is as time went on, the uh, the players themselves come into the brewery after the game for a celebratory pint. Because uh, we don't lose, um, we always celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> well, being this close to the stadium, I mean, it's kind of an offer you couldn't refuse. Because being, I mean, you're right across the street from the stadium, so whether you like it or not, you're kind of kind of become the official beer at least before and after the game. Yes. So, you know, yeah. I've seen it over here before the game. It's packed out, and on the big game days when we have like a big tournament or uh, like occasionally we'll have the men's team or the women's team or some big game. And right out in front here, you guys always have a solid party going on. That is something we're always looking forward to. Um, In the past, uh, Paul Smith, who was running Finley Stadium, he uh, he would have road closure permits kind of set up throughout the uh, the season and he would just pick and choose you know what days he thought was worth it to close the street now CFC this year is actually going to go ahead and have road closures for every home game oh yes so there will be it's gonna be fun there will essentially be a block party for every CFC home game which is something we we truly absolutely love Um, we we love to have the fans come in it it raises our energy and our spirits. Obviously, like it's good for our business, but most importantly, we love to have not only the Chattahooligan fans come down, but you know, also the uh, the people who are coming from out of town, whether they be from New Orleans or Birmingham or Nashville, Knoxville, Memphis, um, uh, in, in any of these away teams we play. I mean, back in February, Atlanta, uh, mm-hmm. Atlanta's new MLS team. It was such a treat for us to host not only such a spectacle of a game, but also their fans. Um, you know, none of these cities are so far away from us that we don't travel there ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they pass through. Um, so it, it really is just great to have not only um, the ability to host the home team and the dedicated Chattahooligans, but also the uh, the other team's fans. Um, cause you know, at the end of every game, it's, uh, it's three cheers for the away team. Um, you know, we, we, we want to make sure we represent the city well, mm-hmm. as well as CFC represents, uh, or the, the Chattahooligans represent CFC well. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, uh, see, I can't remember if it was the Atlanta game or the men's team versus Jamaica friendly match they had over there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> I remember the ESPN truck was parked right down there. Yep. And that was one of the 
few games I've seen on this field where they had, and for me, this is a marking of like a big game is, oh, they've got the LEDs along the edge of the field. They've got the LEDs on the edge of the field. And yeah, it's kind of dorky, but I think that's a mark of a big game. And with that, like Chattanooga soccer, and you may be able to mention more about this, Carlos, but yeah. Chattanooga soccer has obviously been growing in the past couple of years. So my own personal theory on this, and I know I've got no facts to base this on, but just knowing sort of how businesses work and whatnot, do you think that maybe, uh, you know, FIFA or whoever it is that's over all this is sort of using Chattanooga as a testing ground with some of these bigger games to see, okay, can we draw a crowd in this weird little city that's up in the mountains sort of in the middle of Tennessee? Can we, can we draw a big crowd for big friendly matches and big global matches, international matches in this tiny town? And they're using events such as this sort of test it. So hopefully down the road, we can start getting some World Cup qualifiers and things like that. No, absolutely. And that's that's a testament to a couple of things. First of all, I know Wesley's talked a lot about the Chattahooligans and just the buzz that they create having 5,000 plus people in the stadium in 2016 for an average that draws attention. You know, and, that, and that's going to grow again this year, having 18,000 plus, you know, for those games that you've talked about with U.S. soccer, but also in that NPSL final um, in 2015. So that that garners attention with the fan base. Right. And, and Chattanooga's got a lot of attention for that. Uh, secondly, Finley's a unique situation. Again, Wesley mentioned um, the staff over there over the last couple of years. About seven, eight, maybe 10 years ago, um, there was a plan set in place that would improve the turf on Finley's field. Mm. And that's what allows us to host the U.S. teams here. Um, there's not many teams with specific types of turf that uh-huh. U.S. soccer allows. And we are one of the only ones in the southeast that have that type of turf. So again, that's, that's gone. Awesome. That's gone in strategically, um, and the planning of Finley alongside CFC has been excellent, and that's what allows us to attract mm. that level. But also, you mentioned the growth of soccer just in the town at the club level with referees, um, with adult soccer. It's the CFC umbrella has kind of unified lots of different areas of soccer. If, if I remember when I was playing club. 10, 15 years ago, it was all very segmented. Now you have the CFC Academy, you have the CFC Foundation and Get Active, you have lots of CFC activity within the city now that is, like I mentioned, an umbrella that kind of everyone is willing and able to fall under and and you're starting to see the growth. And and that's happening all over the U.S. in in soccer, not just here in Chattanooga, but those other two factors that we just talked about, Mm -hmm. the Chattahooligans and then the planning from both CFC board and Finley has, you know, made that even more prevalent here in Chattanooga. Yeah, Yeah, I remember it started going, uh, I guess it really started to kick off, what, 2009, 2008? Yeah, yeah, that was the the year it founded, and and I was lucky enough to be a part of the the operations, the game day operations crew then at a very small level. I was just a volunteer, but it's it's crazy to see it grow now, and, and now we have all this media coverage and you know we're growing the show we're growing just again the attention for Chattanooga Football Club in in a whole bunch of different ways and it's cool to see man when I was reading yesterday that the mocks are looking at switching conferences they're playing in like we're in the south and soccer is beating football right Mm -hmm. now like European football is beating American football right now at least at this stadium across the street here and that's pretty amazing because I'm not a big fan of American football but soccer I'll watch all day yeah and also to mention, you know, soccer in, in a different light, 
the women's team for CFC mm-hmm. is looking to grow. They've got a lot of really good players in this year, so we're excited to see their growth now, mm-hmm. and I believe their third season um, under GM Gretchen mm-hmm. Hamill. But also the UTC women's team, who for years maybe underachieved um, and, and had a good program but maybe didn't reach the heights that they wanted to, but now under some new leadership are, are starting to really turn things around, number one, the culture there, and they're starting to win games. And, and so that's exciting. That's going to draw more people into, mm-hmm. again, Finley Stadium for something that is, you know, not American football. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool to see from soccer fans' perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Well, and I'm looking at it from a Chattanooga native's perspective who I played soccer when I was younger for a number of years, but there was never a professional situation where I could go as a kid and go watch professional soccer get played. And I didn't realize until I was older that that's something that I really missed in my young soccer career or whatever you want to call it, is kids should be able to get out and see the sport, how it's supposed to be played, mm-hmm. and not just have some guy that's never played it yelling at him on a field. Yeah, it, uh, it gives them something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's the camaraderie of, of being in the fans for the adults, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, the, the parents want to have a good night out. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I know Sean McDaniel and Tim Kelly, the GM for, for CFC, have mentioned. It's CFC and coming to a, to a game at Finley is a great night out for Chattanooga. Yeah. It's not just about the soccer. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun. And now the kids are starting to see, oh, well, there's all this hype mm-hmm. and there, I can have 6,000 people looking at me play soccer? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I want that. And it yeah. gives them hope for and something And you can cool. have that in your town, yeah. maybe a mile from your house. Yep. And that's that's incredible. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, uh, well, tell you, Carlos, tell me a little bit about Chad Hooligan Live. That's something, you, you've done this for a minute, but taking it to the next level this year. Yeah, for sure. So last year, we uh, jumped in with CFC, and we were doing... In, in-game commentary for all of the games at Finley Stadium, all the home games. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of bled into doing interviews with the players pre- and post-game, talking to Coach Bill Elliott pre- and post-game about kind of the tactics and the things that were going on. And we want it to be just like what you would see on M- like mm-hmm. ESPN or NBC or Fox Sports. And, and again, it's it's this information about the game. It gives you this experience in-game of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And all of that is... You know, based on the live streaming technology that is now available, we got some cool stuff going on with yeah, yeah. a 360 VR camera that we're mm-hmm. going to throw in with the Chattahooligans, which is going to be a lot of fun for the, yeah, the that, people who get to that experience that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then third of all, you know, the reason, you know, we're kind of here at Chat Brew is, is not only to highlight the Chattahooligan Logger and their sponsorship, um, but also kind of they're, they're helping Chattahooligan Live. And so on a weekly basis, we're going to be here um, transmitting live from Chattanooga mm-hmm. Brewing Company on Sunday evenings um, at 730. And we will, again, have a recap and a preview of the next week. So we'll go over the games that happened for Chattanooga Football Club, tell you the stats, who scored, give you some highlights. And then we're going to go over the following week, give you a preview of the teams we're going to play, you know, any injuries or any, you know, formations or or things like that that you might look forward to. And, again, we want to make it as clean of a production as we can and and as professional as, you know, you might see in a a Division I or an MLS match. Mm. And where will people be able to watch uh, those streams and whatnot when they come out? Yeah, so that'll be the same stream as always has happened with Chattanooga okay. Football Club for all this home games. We will also be streaming all the away games that um, aren't streamed by the home team. Um, El Conductor will continue to do that and we'll provide live commentary on top of that, which is a new feature. <clears throat> but we will stream that through Chattanooga Football Club's website. We'll stream that through um, the social media channels as well. 
Sweet. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff. Fun stuff, man. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. So uh, let's shift gears, or as Hillary Clinton would say, pivot a little bit here. Pivot. uh, Pivot. Into the beer zone. And uh, so we've got the Chattahooligan Lager. And uh, I was actually going to save that last, but since we're coming from football, let's uh, let's taste some of that and let you... You guys tell us a little bit about the Chattahooligan Lager here. Sure, yes. Let's uh, first off, cheers, cheers. to yeah. uh, hey, CSC. Hey, it's the first game today, U.S. Open Cup match against the Charlotte Eagles. So We came to drink, we came to sing. Right. <laughs> and spill it all over yourself. Apparently. Well, don't yeah, do I, that, Tanner. I got a little bit on my foot there, too. Yeah. Um, I was a little overzealous with that sip. But um, rightfully so. This is... Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and, you know, start off by saying, as a beer drinker, I'm a hoppy, I'm a hoppy guy, IPAs, pale ales, um, not to say I don't like lagers, not to say I don't like other stuff, but, um, yeah, just when it generally comes to lagers, you, you won't really find me there too often, but with this Chattahooligan lager, um, not only the soccer season, but the type of weather we're coming into, it is a very nice lightly crafted um inspired to be an irish style lager actually one of our owners mark markham this is uh this is an old homebrew recipe of his that he modeled after harp lager an irish style um so it's just meant to be light bubbly um you know light flavor slightly hoppy a little bit of hop aroma but you know just uh, a very light ABV. I believe it's a, it's 4.8% ABV. So That's higher than I thought it was, actually. I thought it was going to be close to a session yeah. size right there. Yeah. Well, uh, and, you know, I actually believe in the years past it has been a slightly lower ABV, but... Um, Ramping it up, aren't you? But fuck yeah, it. I like it. You know, I like it. But, but hey, but fuck it. Exactly. <laughs> so um, it's, it, it, it is something that uh, come the summertime... It is a go-to for me. Uh, this is what some people would call that lawnmower beer mm-hmm. or that, that boat-on-the-lake beer. Pool you know, beer. just... Yeah, exactly. uh, Yeah, you know, it's um, it's honestly better than Miller Lite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Bud Light. Um, definitely better than Mick Ultra. Um, I, I'm sorry. They do have less calories and carbs than us, but... Um, if that's but also less everything else. Yeah, but, but, but also, I mean, if you're at the game, you're going to be sweating it out anyway, so you might as well be drinking something with some flavor. Right. Um, but, yes, it, not to get too far down that road, but uh, ultimately with the Chattahooligan Lager, um, we are proud to be the makers of it. Um, it. It's something Big River had done for the team for years, and it's not like we were trying to take that away from them. But uh, since we just happen to be right next to the brewery, or I mean, uh, sorry, the brewery happens to be right next to the stadium, um, you know, just the, 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 the relationship honestly just formed naturally, um, so naturally. It was, it, it was impossible to pass up, and um, uh, it, it's actually a recipe that we had been making for a number of years. Um, it was uh, spring seasonal for us. Originally, it was under the name Dulcimer, which um, a dulcimer is an Irish stringed instrument, um, much like a harp. Is that those uh, the guitars you play sideways? I believe so. It's, yeah, it's uh, you like lay it on your yeah. lap. And, and there's electric yeah. dulcimers too. So I think mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. Okay. He used a little bit more rock, but his is a wood instrument, a little yeah, bit yeah. more yes. acoustic. Yeah, if it's, you will. It, yeah, yeah. It is uh, tr- traditionally it is a wooden stringed instrument, um, but um, I. I 
my musical expertise extends to like classic rock radio. Um, unfortunately, I don't play, but um, uh, all I know is a dulcimer is an Irish uh, stringed instrument. But um, it, it was kind of a funny play on on a harp. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it, it's so it's a recipe that we already had, and we did tweak it slightly uh, just to make it more of a lighter a lighter lager. Um, and you know, add a little bit of hop addition to give it some aroma. But it is a great beer to have when you're, um, as as everybody knows, 95 degrees in Chattanooga is different from 95 oh, yeah. degrees in most parts of the of the country. Uh, the humidity and the heat and everything. If you want to drink beer for 90 minutes, um, it can't be a brown ale. It can't be. It no. can't be a 6.3 percent brown ale. That's that's for sure. So, uh, well, hey, more power to you if you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not right. saying it can't be done. Um, yeah, and just make sure you know where the trash cans are in that stadium because you're yes. going to be vomiting that back up. Yes, it will make a comeback. Yeah, but um, it is uh, it, for 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 uh, for a light beer. It does have nice flavor, and. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's something I enjoy during every single game. It's a tasty beer. It's a good beer, like you said, for outdoors during the summer. Because very much like what you said, Chattanooga summers are a little different. Yes. You know, we live in a rainforest, but it gets hot as hell due to the humidity because it said rainforest. Yep, absolutely. I learned it is technically a rainforest. Yeah, no, it's, it, we we yeah. do have one of the most biodiverse regions in the world. Our, yeah. uh, I mean... I feel bad for the people who move here. Their their allergies are uh, are probably pretty unbearable. Luckily, Shoot, I was, my allergies are unbearable. Man. Luckily, like, I was born I mean, and raised here. So God, same here. Yeah. Dude. I honestly feel like I could snort a line of pollen <laughs> every morning and maybe sneeze once. But other than that, I'm good to go. No, it doesn't. I'm the same way. It used to drive me crazy as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I would have to just lay on the couch as like towels on my face. Yeah. But getting older, <clears throat> I eat my bee pollen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the way. To, that's oh, the, way the to natural go. honey. Yeah. And, yes. and now I'm a more advanced human being for it. Yeah, yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Are you not from here, Carlos? No, I thought you were. No, I was born in Miami, oh. and then moved up here when I was about 12 years old. So that's yeah. why you always seem perpetually tan. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where that year-round base tan came from. <laughs> right, right. But no, well, I've been here the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Miami, Florida. I kind of hate going back, though. I, I, I like visiting big cities but i think growing up in miami around all the hustle and bustle mm-hmm. it was kind of dirty and you know some of that is the allure of a big city right um i, I couldn't live in a big city again man i, yeah. I like chattanooga size i know yeah. for a fact i could not live in a big city uh last year i took a road trip up to new york city uh with a good friend of mine to surprise one of our best friends for his 30th birthday and the three days Three and a half days we spent up there were incredible, but and uh, obviously New York City is one of the biggest of the big. But um, even Atlanta, you know, driving through Atlanta from Atlanta's time to time, too much. I hate uh, that place. Well, hell, I I get aggravated driving through the Ridge Cut. So, well, it, that's it, Chattanoogans because we can't turn and go uphill simultaneously. Yeah, it's hard, man. I don't it's know hard. what is so difficult about turning left while going <laughs> up a hill. I mean, it, granted, it's a rather large hill, and it is a pretty, it, it is a pretty, you know, angled left turn. But um, honestly, I will say, when the road is wide open, there's nothing I enjoy more than going about 80, 90 through the ridge cut. Mm-hmm. Now, coming, coming down it the other way. Oh, and going oh. down the other way. Yeah. 
Now, as long as there's no traffic around, because yeah. I am like I am not about endangering other people. Are um, you kidding, man? Like I have about four beers. I take two phones with me to text <laughs> and just blast down the ridge cut uh, <laughs> while doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, people. I, that's yesterday. People were driving me crazy here driving. People can't drive here for shit. Mm. Like I don't know what it is. And well, once it starts, there's some precipitous activity that starts to happen. Oh, as soon as a little drizzle falls, we are all over the place. Yeah. People like from Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi, they've just got to probably like shake their head at us. Yeah. I don't know. I've had some pretty ridiculous driving in Alabama and pretty frustrating uh, mm. road trips down that way. So I don't, I don't think they have that much room to talk. I will <laughs> say, you know who's doing it right? Colorado. Colorado passed a law that if you are... They've passed lots of laws. They have, that are Colorado really cool. has passed many great laws recently. But one, as far as traffic goes, because that is one of my number one pet peeves, but if you are in the left lane on an interstate or a highway and you're going so slow that you are blocking three or more cars, you will get pulled over for a ticket. Shit, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit, nice. yeah. Progressiveness, man. Yeah. They're, just, they're just moving forward. I oh, like yeah. it. I like it. That's like, my parents, I grew up in uh, Marion County, so I had to drive across Suck Creek quite a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you get caught behind a semi coming across that mountain, yeah. it's done. Because I went to school over here, so you'd hope, like, okay, I'm gonna, as of right now, I'm going to be 15 minutes early. But you get caught behind a semi, you're going to be 15 minutes late. <laughs> God, that sucks. Just, it was horrible. Yeah. I remember having a buddy who lived out in South Pittsburgh, and he would mm-hmm. drive all the way into our school on Shallowford Road, Grace Ooh. Academy. I'm just like, Not to how do you do 45 minutes every day to school? And then worse, going back across this ridge that we've been talking about so infamously for mm-hmm. you know the past couple minutes. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how he did it. Um, you know, we were living up in Cleveland, which mm-hmm. is where we moved originally after Miami. And we were doing like 25, 30 minutes. And that was too much. And so we moved to Chattanooga when I was like 15. Yeah, so yeah. I, I can't imagine going out out towards South Pittsburgh or Whitwell or no. you know, any Whitwell's of that area. not a bad drive. Like, I love driving that mountain. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, drive, it's beautiful. But, yeah, if you hit it with traffic. Oh, like, if God. it's wide open, it's a blast. You can get across it in 12 minutes. I'm not going to say safely necessarily, but <laughs> you can. I mean, I got there and, you know, the vehicle was in one piece. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you know, I'm not... I'm not advocating go haul ass across Suck Creek Mountain because yeah. it's not guardrails. Safety everywhere. first. Yeah. yeah. And then teamwork. <laughs> Safety Hyd- first hydration teamwork. is a key in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and always bring a towel. Sorry, I was taking a sip. But uh, let's move on to this third beer here. Or I guess we didn't talk about the second one yet, but I want to talk about this, this dark lager before we move on okay. to what I think is my favorite you guys have brewed. But so what is this? Does this have a fancy name or is it just the dark lager? Honestly, this one is just straight up Chattanooga Brewing Company, Black Lager. Um, the, the, the two owners, Mark Markham and Jonathan Clark, uh, both come from engineering backgrounds. And if you've, uh, I, I love the two guys to death. They are great guys, but they are kind of your typical engineers. They, they aren't always like flashy and don't always want to go for these funny, fancy names. And if it was up to them, it would just be... Every beer name would just be the style that it is. Because um, that's actually like German tradition, yeah. uh, which is one of the things Mark Markham does a lot of is German styles. 
which I really enjoy, especially the Chick Bock. But um, yeah, this one is just straight up black lager. Um, and not to be cocky, but it's one of those beers that doesn't need a name. It doesn't really need an introduction. Um, oddly enough, this is lighter than the Chattahooligan. This is 4.2% alcohol by volume. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Um, for, you know, for the first couple of years that the brewery was open, uh, Mark and Jonathan would brew a stout year round. And, you know, they just came to find that in the summer months, the, the stout did not sell as well obviously it's sweltering hot yeah, it's um, just overwhelming that much beer yes. that much like, and that much thickness body, yeah that much thickness i mean the humidity is already thick enough yeah, exactly. to cut with a knife mm-hmm. um so add a uh, add a dark thick beer on top of that it's just unpleasant um so the black lager is just one of the best compromises uh and you know if if it pleases the beer drinker you think of it as a schwartz beer um but it is it is so incredibly light but so incredibly dark so much dark or uh, sorry uh, a lot of roasted malt flavor but uh with such a light body yeah it's got a bit of a coffee mm. taste in there mm. oh yes yeah. and and that's one of the wonderful or I'm, I'm i'm about to i'm about to go off on one of the longest tangents hold on <laughs> let me take a sip real quick let's build it's up good beer let's mm. build up to the tangent mm. so you know beer to some people beer is beer but to me or to us you know beer it really is an art form you can take all these different types of grain and make so many endless combinations but then you can take you know you can take the same what's called a grain bill or a grist you can take the grain bill and you can ferment it with so many different types of yeast but then from there, or I mean, I guess to backtrack a little bit, that same grain bill, you can use so many different hops and you get so many different flavors. But then you can use a different yeast and get so many different flavors and different variations and styles and, you know, yeast from anywhere, from all over the country, especially from Belgium. You get all these, all these crazy different flavors, sweet, almost like cotton candy, um, banana, clovey. Um, that's one of my favorite things about <clears throat> the German uh, Hefeweizen, because that's honestly not even one of my favorite beer styles, but I really appreciate just all the differences, uh, or just all the different flavors you get from simply using a different yeast strain. So um, what you were saying about getting a coffee note out of that, that just comes from you know the same way uh, these coffee roasters roast their beans, which uh, we have a very nice working relationship with Rembrandt's Coffee in the uh, Hunter Art District of downtown. These guys, um, uh, Josh and Nick, they are great coffee roasters, and they come to us about every two, three weeks with these different um, blends. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I mean, they're doing crazy cool stuff, like taking Chattanooga whiskey barrels and um, soaking beans in the whiskey and and, and in, in the wooden barrels themselves. I want and, some of those. Oh man, they, they, I really they, want one of they, those. They, they, <laughs> oh, yes, trust me, you do. It, it is fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the coffee flavor that people pick up on this black lager simply comes from the uh, the malt companies, uh, the way they roast uh, some of the malts, like because 
there's so many different types of grain out there. So the roasted barley that we get is literally uh, roasted and spun in a kiln to the perfect point where it gets that that same bitterness, um, that that same bitter quality that you get from a, from a coffee bean. So it it really does kind of put a little smile on my face. So there's no coffee in this. No coffee. Oh. It, it really does put like a little smile on my face when people say like, oh, what kind of coffee did you use in this? Yeah, or did yeah. you use coffee beans? I'm like, no, no, no coffee beans. Um, which from time to time we do, you know, we get these cold brew concentrates uh, to blend some of our beers with. Um, and that's that's just another art form of, uh, of brewing is there's so many different ways to do it. Um, some brewers will brew with coffee beans. Uh, some age their beer over coffee beans. Hmm. We, um, we've we kind of found just a direct route of just blending it with cold brew concentrate. And uh, not only do you get, you, you still keep the same flavor uh, of the beer, but you get the complexities and the aromas of the coffee. But my number one favorite thing is you get the caffeine from the coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, we kind of joke about it. Um, the old Drew Carey show, they made buzz beer. I mean, it, our, our coffee black lager, our coffee stout, um, it really is like buzz beer. You, uh, even when I worked in the tap room, if somebody ordered a coffee beer around like 7, 38 o'clock, I would, uh, I would let them know, hey, this has <laughs> genuinely the same amount of caffeine as a single cup of coffee. Are you sure you want this? If you know, if nothing else, I'll bring you a sample just so you can taste it. But I'm just trying to make sure you're not up till one yeah, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah, I would love to know that because I don't drink a whole lot of caffeine, so that yeah, would, yeah. through the roof, yeah. Yeah, something uh, you mentioning though is uh, I've got two other co-hosts that couldn't make it today, Jared uh-huh. and Alan. But uh, so you guys are filling in. But uh, we brew a little bit. We do a little bit of home brewing. Very nice. And something we just learned, I guess, maybe about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and I'm, I'm still fascinated by this fact. I'm blown away by this. But I learned that you could take yeast and extract yeast from the bottom of a bottle you get from the store and let that grow and then use that for your own beer. Interesting. And oh, you, absolutely. And use it to try to make a clone if you wanted to or use it for something else, make some wild, wild, like open fermented yeast sort of crazy thing if wow. you wanted to or whatever. That's cool. Absolutely. Well, that's actually... Blows my mind. That's actually kind of like the next big thing in the craft brewing industry is, you know, harvesting your own yeast samples because with, with all the breweries that are opening up on a weekly basis... Um, you have to find a way to stand apart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, you can buy different yeast cultures uh, from some companies, um, but if you really, truly want to brew a beer that just no one has ever had before, um, the name of the game turns into developing your own uh, yeast strain, your own cultures. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, yeah, you know, if you ever if you ever get like an unfiltered craft beer and you look at the bottom of the bottle and you see that kind of that, white that, that gray milky ring, yeah. that's, you know, it, it's not going to hurt you. It's, it's just a little bit of yeast, um, which, you know, everybody take a deep breath right now. We all just breathed in yeast particles. I mean, they are, they are wild Science. things. Science. Yeah. Wow. Science. They are, uh, they are 
just natural organisms that are floating around the air at all times. In fact, I was uh, reading up about the history of beer um, uh, a, a little while ago, but uh, the way people used to ferment beer was throwing uh, grapes in into the beer. Um, and, and you would use the sugars from that? Well, it, it was actually the, the, uh, the little white waxy substance that just naturally formed on the outside of these grapes was yeast. Oh. So, you know, there wasn't uh, a whole lot of uh, science and observation and experimentation back then, but um, long story short, all they knew was, hey, we take this liquid, throw these grapes in there, give it some time, and it turns into this, uh, this substance that gives us a wonderful euphoric feeling. Mm-hmm. Did they know it was alcohol? Probably not. But they, they knew the effects that it had on them, yeah. so they just went with it. Yeah, they were going with the scientific method. They just didn't know it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So, Tanner, I'm, I'm used to asking the questions and, yeah. and being in charge. So I'm going I'm to go back a second to what Wesley was talking about, which is kind of the beer culture and mm-hmm. the amount of breweries that have started popping up around the, the country, yeah. but also here in Chattanooga. So oh, yeah. talk a little bit about that and how Chat Brew has uh, kind of evolved within that culture and and what do you expect over the next couple of years and what are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, That's a hefty one right there. Excellent yeah. point slash question. Like I said, man, I was like, percolating for a second. No, that, that is such a great point. And, you know, the first thing I want to say is it's about time. Um, oh, yeah. People might think like, oh, don't you want or like, like, why would you want other breweries to open uh, in your city or two blocks from you? Um, Because it only creates more craft beer culture. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Big River Brewing Company has been around since the early 90s, I think. Yeah, Um, somewhere. It's been around a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moccasin Bend opened in 2009. We opened in 2010. I'm not exactly sure when McHale's Brewing opened, but it's been around it's for been a while. Around a minute, yeah. Um, they don't like to give too many interviews, so I don't know too much about them. Okay. <laughs> well, all you need to know is they have a gold medal for their Scottish ale. It's good beer. It yeah. is good. And um, I don't know if you've tried the the higher gravity version of their Scottish ale. Oh yeah. yeah. Whoa, that was good. It's got some heft to it. All right. Yeah. yeah. I love that Scottish, so I, I need to try the, this I, one that you're talking about. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the the craft beer culture had been going on for a little bit in Chattanooga. Like, we all opened, and, you know, nothing. it, it kind of remained stagnant mm-hmm. until uh, summer 2015. Uh, Joel and Melanie Crouchdrunk came into Chattanooga with Hutton and Smith Brewing Company. Yep. And that, yeah, and they make some good beer. And that was, um, that was one of those things where it was like, oh, new kids on the block. Like, like, like you know, people are about to lace up the gloves. And re- oh, and I'm so sorry. I did not mean to skip the terminal. Um, the terminal brew pub opened um, before we did. They have been around for a while and do great beer. As I well was as there great on Friday. Food. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. I, yeah, just, yeah, uh, I absolutely love that, that building. Shadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Belgian Wit White Shadow is one of the beers that got me into Belgian styles. Um, so I tip my hat off to that. And the South Seidenstein Stout, um, for, for a low-gravity stout, you just uh, that's a damn good one. But, um, back to, uh, but, but back to, like, the breweries opening up in Chattanooga. So, you know, when Hutton Smith was set to open, people 
we're like, oh, like, how do y'all feel about that? Like, you know, this and that. Is, is it about to be like, you know, a rumble? Yeah, some sharks and, and jets up in here. Yeah, exactly. Is, it, is this like West Side Story going on? And, you know, no, it, it's actually quite the opposite. Like, there, there is such a partnership or uh, such a, uh, a friendship even between all these brewers. Um, last summer, we did a an excellent triple collaboration, us, the terminal, and Big River with a, a farmhouse blonde. Yes. I was trying to figure out who you guys collab. I'm sorry to like break in here, no, but I was it. thinking the other day trying to figure out who you guys collaborated with to make that happen because that was a good beer. It was really cool. Taco Mac approached us and they wanted us to all collaborate on a beer for their beer of the month. And um, honestly, it's a style we'd never brewed before. And it's a style neither... Um, uh, Clay or TC from Big River or Steve from the Terminal had ever brewed before. So everybody was kind of like just, you know, putting their minds together, coming up with the best game plan. And uh, everybody, you know, threw in a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, it, it turned out incredibly well. Yep. But, um, yeah, we, with the more and more breweries that open in Chattanooga, it's, it's so funny. You would think we would lose a little bit, but we actually see a spike in our sales, not only at the brewery and the tap room itself, but also around town. Um, the more local breweries that open, the more people get interested in local beer. That's and the great. More, mm-hmm. That's the, awesome. The more they go to, you know, their, their local tavern or pub and they, you know, they see a, a McHale's tap or, or now, you know, welcoming the newest odd story people go to feed and they see an odd story tap and they go oh you know that that belgian ale is really good how does that compare to you know chat bruce pilsner or hutton and smith's um igneous ipa um it's 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 uh it's really really becoming um like like a mini Asheville almost. Well, I I can't make that comparison just yet. No, you can make that comparison. Yeah. I think it's no, a fair and there's comparison. and there's yeah. lots of comparisons yeah. with Asheville within the food culture, mm-hmm. within outdoor transportation, yeah. yeah, outdoors and and uh, you know, it's 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 a fair comparison. I mean, yeah. we've we've sent people and I know this. People mm-hmm. from the city and from different organizations have gone to Asheville to study their tourism. And culture mm-hmm. market, which is essentially all the stuff we're talking about, food, beer, mm-hmm. you know, athletics, music, and all, all, all of this stuff, because we, we want to thrive in that way. The tourism that comes through Asheville is outrageous, mm-hmm. you know, and we're bigger than Asheville. Yep. You know? So, you know, it's, it's a funny kind of comparison, but also a growth model that we're kind of on trajectory to, mm-hmm. to, to There's no reason alongside. we shouldn't. Yeah, get to that, and I don't think it's an unfair comparison at all. Like, like you said, Carlos, we're bigger. Yep. And, now, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, city to city, I'm I'm sure we can go toe to toe. I mean, we are. Oh yeah, we're Chattanooga West. What are you doing, we're man? Chattanooga. <laughs> from Asheville, but isn't he? This wants to come out and fight. We'll get the whole city to come out and fight. Right. You. I mean, I know I y'all will, seen these Chattahooligans out here. I know Asheville FC is in their first city. year, but man. I mean, this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but the. Uh, the Tennessee tattoo on my rib cage is uh, is is all I need to show somebody that yeah, yes, yeah. I love my hometown. Um, but I, 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 I guess I just meant as far as like brewery to brewery goes. Yeah, Asheville's kind of got a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green, sure, yeah. green man. There was that awesome. Um, 
you know, collaboration now with Wicked Weed, and yeah. I know I'm. Wicked I'm kind of, I, I have who are they? I, I have some some trepidation with kind of this new buyout that happened with them because that was one of my favorite breweries yeah. in Nashville, and now I'm genuinely scared of what's going to happen. I okay. I, I feel like I have to jump in here. Do it. Do it. That's as, why I brought this up. As somebody shit who's been working in a brewery, a craft brewery for the last three plus years. Um, I will say we all have our morals. We all have our reasons why we got into this game. You know, it is genuinely for the love of craft beer. But at the same time, why else do you start a business? Yeah. Yeah. To make money. Yeah. So, you know, for, for the for the decision makers at Wicked Weed, I hold absolutely nothing against you. It, it doesn't matter who were to walk into this building right now. If you... St- put enough zeros on a check you would take it too so if you're out there saying you'll never drink wicked weed again soften your heart a little bit i mean yes there are still many great breweries who will hold true to their morals and you know for the people who backed out of their um their funcatorium invitational i understand why you did it but at the same time you're not going to hurt Wicked Weed's feelings. Yeah, because they, they already have those zeros. <laughs> they just made bank. Yeah. And honestly, they should be proud of it because they've only been around, what, four yeah. years? In, in, in four years, they built something so incredible that a company that size knew, hey, and, and, and that's why Budweiser, or AB InBev, that's why AB InBev does these things is because they recognize, hey, who could potentially take money out of our pockets? Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and buy it. Let and it then, flourish. Yeah. And, and let it flourish. And then the money they make goes into our pockets. Yep. So, I mean, you, you can say what you want, but honestly, I have nothing bad to say about them. Napoleon Complex is one of my favorite beers of all time. And uh, honestly, now I look forward to it being sold here in Tennessee. Right. Yeah, right. Ho- hopefully soon enough. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. we talked about it a little bit last night on the episode of the podcast we recorded. And uh, yeah, it's like you said, at the end of the day, like as much as we would all love to believe that everybody brewing beer across the United States is, oh, it's my it's my fa- first love, you know, as much as we would like to believe that, it's a business. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. like some people open up a brewery just to sell it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, it's great if you're in this and you just want to make your favorite thing and it's what you love to do, but at the end of the day, it is a business, so... Yeah. And, to them. and and yeah, like for the people who truly do stick to their morals and say we will never sell out to big beer, um, like like I truly admire it, I really do. But at the same time, it's you know a craft brewery is a drop in the bucket compared to what these people do worldwide. So I mean I, I'm not saying like abandon your morals or anything, but if anybody ever comes around waving a check that big at you. Take it. And you know what? <laughs> if, you, if you get pissed that you're not getting that, yeah. exactly. and that you're, you know, your favorite brewery or whatever is getting bought out, you know what? Go get yours. Yeah. Exactly. You know, go get yours. Yeah. I mean, haters going to hate, yeah. ain't going to ain't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we don't have too much more time because we've got to cut this episode a little short. But before we do, tell us about this last beer here, which I think maybe my favorite you guys make. It is, uh, it is my current favorite. Um, if you ever talk to me and I say this is my favorite beer, 
what I really mean is this is my favorite beer of the month uh, because my, well, there's just always so much going on and changing, but this IPA that we have right now truly does stand apart. Um, for those familiar with the all popular 90 song Bittersweet Symphony, uh, this beer is called Bitter Wheat Symphony. Being a wheat IPA, I think it is one of the most appropriately named beers. And uh, honestly, I'm just thankful that the name was not already taken. Yeah. But um, yes, this is a glorious 6.2% 93 IBU wheat IPA. Um, it is not fermented with a traditional wheat yeast. Uh, it is fermented with a US05 ale yeast, um, but it does just have a brilliant uh, hop quality. It is bittered with uh, Simcoe and Columbus, various uh, Simcoe additions throughout the boil, and then finished off uh, secondary uh, dry hopping with Willamette and Simcoe. So it's got earthy, piney, citrusy, as well as juicy, um, notes from the hops, uh, which I know one of the most popular things going around, and I, I love them just as much as the next person, but the uh, the New England style IPA mm -hmm. um, that's really big right now, I think uh, Bearded Iris out of Nashville is doing, doing the best. I, I, out of what I've had so far, I feel like they're doing the best. Um, but uh, this, to me, uh, just the, the really juicy notes that come out of these hops kind of reminds me a little bit of that New England style. Um, but yeah, th this is one thing that unfortunately, it's, uh, it's one of our one-off series, so it's only 15 barrels at a time. Mm. And it's, uh, it's a once-a-year brew, but that is genuinely one of those things that makes it that much more special. You guys should seriously consider putting this on your round. Like this, I'm dead serious, man. Like I'm not just tooting your horn here. It uh, that's that's the best beer I've tasted. You guys make. Well, you know uh, that's how Chestnut Street Brown Ale came to be a year-round yeah, beer. That's it was my uh, it, and and that is Carlos's favorite. Uh, that it, that was a one-time or not necessarily a one-time brew, but it was just kind of uh, something we could slip in at the time. And the response was so incredible. And you know, a brown ale, it's, it, it's one of your more basic styles. It's an introductory craft beer style. But um, I have zero qualms with, uh, you know, brown ale being one of our most popular. Mm -hmm. I don't think uh, if you were to go to New Belgium and ask one of their brewers, do you regret Fat Tire being one of your most popular beers? I don't think they would uh, have anything negative to say about it. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I, I think that's a proud thing to say because a brown ale isn't something you just casually drink. Yeah. yeah. And I think that says something about the beer culture here, that that's your, if that's your best seller, like, fuck yeah, we got some cultured people here drinking some beers in town. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm more of an IPA pale ale. I, lo I love the hoppy explosion flavor. But when it's the end of the day and I'm just ready for a beer and can't make up my mind, brown ale is just a solid go-to mm -hmm. um that that nice chocolatey smooth malty body is just uh it's it it, it, it really is something that we we kind of hit the mark on um you know the definition of a masterpiece is getting it right on the first time i won't ever say anything i or we have ever done as a masterpiece but hey we got pretty dang close mm -hmm. well hell yeah hell yeah i'm gonna wrap us up here that was I think that was a perfect 
thing to wrap it up on. So I'm going to wrap us right. up here. Um, I want to say you've got we've got some CFC announcements yeah. that I'm sure you have to make. We've got a uh, first game tonight, yeah. right? It's a, an away game. Yeah. So tonight is the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, yeah. Playing in Charlotte at 7 o'clock. And then today is May 10th. We're recording this mm-hmm. May 10th. And then this Saturday, what is that, the 13th, um, mm-hmm. we play in New Orleans. And that is our NPSL uh, season opener. And New Orleans is always kind of a feisty team. And so mm-hmm. going to New Orleans is you know, it's a long trip, especially right here at the beginning of the season when we haven't trained that much to have two away games back-to-back. So that'll be a good game. And then we're looking forward to the home opener following Saturday, the 20th, where we will be doing Chattahooligan Live. We'll yeah. have our pre- and post-game show, in-game commentary. And then following day, the 21st, we'll, we'll bring you the, uh, the first version of Chattahooligan Live for our weekly show. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on. And I know the Chattahooligans are excited about the season. I know CFC is ready to go and have another successful run at the NPSL title. Mm-hmm. So lots, lots going on. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the 13th, yep. this coming Saturday. That is also Chattabruga. Yeah. So uh, you've got Chattabruga from noon to 5, and I'll be down there with the Brew Chat crew. So come check us out. We'll also have some of our homebrews down there, so nice. come check that out. Uh, we'll be at the Barley Mob booth. So make sure you come by, say hey, and then that night we've got our first away game. Yep. And uh, that's mi- the men's team Yeah, and let's, let's right. shout out the, uh, the women's team. So they yes. will be playing here at Finley Stadium. And they will be doing a blue and white game. Um, and I will be actually refing that game. But we'll nice. be testing a lot of our system and making sure yeah, that yeah. everything works within the stadium. So it's, it's going to be a fun night, a busy night. But, again, come support the women's team. There's mm-hmm. kind of a competition, like a Moon Pie Little Debbie thing going on. So, yeah, mm. the, like I said, the women's moon team is Moon Pie going, celebrating 100 years. Know, man. What, so what? Like, there's so <laughs> much going on. It's summertime in Chattanooga. Is that the again. last time they made any new ones? Because that's about how they taste. <laughs> like, they all taste like they were right, made 100 that's years hilarious. ago. But, yeah, I mean, lots going on Saturday. And, and make sure that, you know, we support the women's team. That's one of the things that I know, again, mentioned Gretchen Hamill earlier, the GM. She's really pushing to to have the women's team be, be relevant. And, and the team is, is growing. They're mm-hmm. getting better. Lots of players coming in. So support the women's team this Saturday, uh, May 13th at 7 p.m. at Finley Stadium. Blue and white game. We'll be out there. Oh, yeah. That's all I've got to talk about. Do you have anything to go out with here, Wes? Or uh, the last thing, I wanna, last thing I want to go out on is just say, uh, you know, support your local brewery, drink local. Um, if you've never been to a CFC game, it is a great, great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, an, uh, it's not expensive. Oh, it's oh my gosh. It is, it's a cheap yeah, It's one of the time. cheapest dates you can go on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if, if your son or daughter doesn't like baseball, softball, or something, take him to a soccer game. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest things about our CFC matches is at the end of every game, you can walk down on the field and meet the players. And that is such a, a cool thing. Um, to, to, to be able to meet these guys and talk to them because they are they all have amazing stories they're from overseas uh the majority of them you know they're in college they're they, they, they all have incredible stories to tell um they're they're great guys um but most importantly the last thing i want to say is happy mother's day mom yeah. and i love you yeah for sure yeah happy mother's day everybody out there remember that this sunday you know, today's the 10th. This Sunday, I believe it'll be the 14th. 14th yeah. We'll be Mother's Day, so get out there. Yeah. Mom, you're awesome. I'll say that. Love you, Mom. And uh, Mom, thanks for all the times you didn't tell Dad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ditto on that. Yeah, right. for sure. Well, I think that's a pretty good note to 
close her out on here. I want to thank you, Carlos, you, Wes, for yeah, as uh, always. popping thank up you, on this Tanner. episode. Yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, this has been episode 71, which is pretty nice, awesome. Man. Yeah. Rocking it out. So we will see you guys next week.